Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hail, designed to bring you expertise and insights into the expansive crop and farm insurance landscape. Here, trusted members of our own FMH team, as well as industry experts, will discuss new products, business developments, and innovative solutions with you, our listeners. On today's episode, we'll talk to Ryan Bennis and Chuck Hefner, two strategic account managers and crop insurance fanatics who cover very different areas of the country, but share a passion for keeping agents and policyholders up to date with the latest in coverage options. In this episode, Ryan and Chuck will discuss what farmers should consider while making their 2021 crop insurance decisions. They'll touch on pricing impacts, new products to consider, federal program changes, and more. All to help farmers make the best choices to protect their operations this year. Let's dive into today's topic. Hello, everybody. Ryan Bennis here. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Today, I am here with Chalk Hefner. Chalk, let everybody know what you sound like. Hello, world. I am Chalk Hefner. I'm here with Ryan Bennis today, and we're going to be talking about some crop insurance decisions for 2021. That is right. So we have uh, four to six weeks left here of time before we have to make that decision on March 15th, the magic date for most of you out there. 2021, we're looking at a few different items for this year. Uh, We have higher commodity prices. We have some new crop insurance options. And so there's implications with both of those. We're going to go through those and some private products and finish up with a few Items again in our hot seat. Chalk, you're in our hot seat today. Great. Looking forward to it. Perfect. So first things first, Chalk, when somebody gets their quote this year, their first quote to see what they would have to pay for their insurance package, what are they going to see? Yeah. So the first thing they'll see is an increase in their premium. Uh, And why is because mostly due to our prices trending higher. So in 2021, uh, currently as of February 10th, which is where we're sitting today, our corn price average for the month of February so far is 452. That's up from 388, which was our projected price for 2020. Soybeans, similar story. Uh, we're at 1165 as of today, and uh, that's up from 917. That was the projected price for 2020. So an increase overall in our prices. Uh, is a good thing. It means that we are going to have increased guarantees. So uh, a little bit of an example here for corn, we've got a 200 bushel APH. Uh, We're looking at almost $100 of increased guarantee for a corn database. And similarly for soybeans, a 55 bushel APH gives us about 115 additional dollars uh, of guarantee over what we had in 2020. So Chuck, let me uh, make sure I'm hearing you there, right? So you're telling me if I bought the same thing as I did last year, I'm going to be adding a hundred plus dollars potentially based off my APH to my revenue guarantee for 2021. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. So that is going to come with a little bit of a premium increase Uh, for our yield protection policies. What I've quoted, we're seeing anywhere from about a 15 to a 30% increase in our premium. And our revenue is a little more all over the board. Our RP policies, that premium rate increase is looking to be anywhere from about 30 to 90%. So quite some, uh, quite some increase in premium. A lot of that's due to the price increase, but a lot of it also is due to the volatility factor, specifically on our RP policies. The volatility factor in 2020 was 0.15 for corn. 
and today we're trending at 0.23. So that's quite a jump in our volatility factor for corn. And we have a similar story on soybeans going from 0.12 in 2020 to 0.20 in 2021. Got it, Chuck. And uh, just as a FYI for all of you out there, we are recording this on February 10. So obviously those prices and volatility factors will, will continue to change through the end of the month. But we do expect those numbers to be fairly close. And that increase in the premium uh, is going to come with an increase in your guarantees. So I guess our bottom line point with this beginning uh, portion of our, of our podcast here is when you get that quote, and you're seeing that increase in the price, don't just focus on how much we're spending. Look out to the right on that quote. You'll see how much guaranteed dollars you have. If you look down the next line, you're gonna see what it would cost to lower your level. But keep in mind, that's not just the cost you're giving up, you're giving up those guaranteed dollars as well. So take a look at both of those and, uh, and make sure you know what you're giving up before you are moving down a level. Anything to add to that, Chuck? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the prices that we're seeing so far in 2021 is going to allow us to maybe lock in more of that, uh, cover more of our expenses and lock in some profit for 2021 as well. So looking forward to what that can bring for our producers this year. That's right. May only be adding $100 to our guarantee, but it might be doubling our margins, which is a big impact. Okay. Next topic here, we have ECO. ECO is new in 2021. And if you were lucky enough to join us, our very first podcast uh, for FMH was about the ECO product. So we are not here to reinvent that podcast. If you want to, we encourage you to go out there and listen to that ECO podcast to get all the details there. However, it is an option for 2021, a new option. And as a part of your risk management package, we wanted to bring it in and talk about it as being a part of what you're purchasing with your underlying policy. And so as a quick reminder, ECO is a subsidized area insurance product up to 95% level. It is um, something that is in addition to your underlying policy. So it's there to help you get very high level coverage to help capture those very shallow yield losses, shallow revenue losses. It works similarly to some of our private products that are available today, but it does have that area aspect to it. So at first blush, I think the first instinct is ECO is something that's going to be uh, looked at in our, in our core Corn Belt states, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, However, there are some differences with ECO versus some of those private product options that we believe make ECO a bit of a broader uh, audience. And I want you to talk about that, Chuck, given you're outside of the main corn belt and you deal with more than just corn and soybeans, but you're also in an area that has a lots of irrigation. It's just a different uh, viewpoint. Talk to me about using ECO, say, in the state of Kansas. Yeah. So first of all, ECO is available on 31 crops. Uh, so it's not just something that's going to be applied to our corn and soybeans. Uh, it, it can be something that we add on to our grain sorghum, uh, our sunflowers, uh, our barley. Uh, so different things that are grown in different areas, uh, the, the availability to add it onto those different crops is, is something that may be attractive. One thing that I've been looking at, uh, usually when we have a new product come out and it's area-based, in the territory I cover, that product gets thrown out the window rather quickly. 
Uh, we have a lot of spot losses where I in, in the area I cover. Uh, spot losses from hail, spot losses from drought, uh, some different things that happen there. Uh, in area-based coverage, producers are pretty quick to say, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what happens on my farm, not about what happens on the county level. But one thing that I've been looking at is irrigated corn in particular for ECO. Irrigated corn, our expected county yields are set high enough to where it's going to be difficult for us to outgrow them. We will outgrow them. I'm not saying we can't. I'm, I'm confident that we can. Uh, but when we do outgrow them, we're only going to outgrow them by 5 or maybe 10% of what that expected county yield is. It's gonna be very difficult for us to see any more increase than that over and above our expected county yield. So what that means is that 95% coverage level uh, really applies more to price on our irrigated corn than it does necessarily the yield because we are up there towards the ceiling of our county expected yields. So really looking forward to uh, what ECO can bring to some of our irrigated producers in this state and uh, looking to see how producers take that new option even though it is on an area-based plan. Oh, that's great, Chuck. So I think the overarching theme here is we do want you to educate yourself on ECO. And so hopefully when that conversation is happening between agent and insured, ECO is a topic of discussion and, and it gets a real look. Uh, question we would ask is, does protecting 95% of today's prices sound promising? Does it sound uh, enticing to you? Because although, yes, ECO comes with its own price tag, it may be viable for you because you believe that that $4.50 corn price that Chalk mentioned earlier is worth protecting as much as possible. And um, there is some flexibility with ECO too. So we, we don't have to spend $25 an acre, although we could. Um, we could spend as little as 5 or $6 an acre on it if we want to as well. All right. Chalk, anything else to wrap up on ECO? Uh, tying that back into our underlying plan? No, I, I think it might be a great option for us to lock in some of this higher price that we're seeing. Um, and I I'm, I'm, think we're good on that. All right. Perfect. Next up here, Chuck, I uh, want to talk a little bit about private products. We have crop hail, wind, replant options, and then we have all sorts of pricing products out there. Uh, Farmers Mutual Hail obviously has the ramp product out there. Talk to me a little bit about private products in your area, and I'll mirror you back here a little bit, but how those can be layered on to our risk management plan in addition to our multi-parallel. I think you would agree with me, Chuck. We set that multi-parallel plan up as bedrock first, and then we build on top of it. And one of those things that we have as an option is those private products like crop hail. So talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on the bedrock and multi-parallel. Uh, that, that's our safety net there. Uh, and then there's additional options to add on to that. Uh, hail and wind is one of those. Crop hail is something uh, that is very popular in the territories I cover. Uh, we're in a very hail-prone area where I, where Wait I work. Wait a minute. Chuck, you get hail in Kansas? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan. Hail that sometimes uh, we have to go inside for. <laughs> you can get hurt? Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, the, the, the hail that falls in Kansas is certainly something that can hurt you. Okay. And, and our rates reflect that, Ryan. Right, Ryan, what, what's some of the cheapest rates that you see? Well, um, you know, I have a wide variety, but I would say um, some people might be surprised to hear that, say, a rate in uh, Indiana or Ohio might be 50 cents for $100 of coverage. Uh, how yeah. about you, Chuck? 
Yeah. So uh, again, wide variety where I cover. Um, when you go out to Western Kansas and we're, we're knocking on that $20 range, $20, $21 a hundred. Yeah. So you, we, we made somebody blush probably with those numbers, <laughs> but um, when, when somebody says they get a lot of hail in their area, sometimes we get to go check those rates. You might be surprised how much it hails on somebody else. That's uh, right. So it's pretty, right. it's pretty wide variety. So go on Chuck, talk to me about yeah. uh, crop hail and, and how that works in your area. Yeah. So although hail is expensive in some of my territory, uh, it, it's because it's a peril that occurs often. You know, we, we might even see the same field get hit a couple of times in the same year. So uh, crop hail, uh, certainly a product that we, we will need to, an apparel that we will need to cover uh, in, in much of my territory. 2021, we're looking at little to no rate change uh, for most of the territory. Um, there, there may be some changes here and there, but nothing, nothing major. Um, but certainly when we talk about crop insurance mix, hail and wind are two perils that are worth adding additional protection to, uh, to our insurance coverage. Another one is replant premier. If, if you're a producer or you have producers that, uh, habitually have some acreage that needs replanted, replant premier is a great way to add additional replant coverage to your underlying multi-peril. And it's a pretty inexpensive way to add some additional replant coverage. So I would, I would encourage you to visit with producers who are often replanting and often filing replant claims uh, to look at replant Premier. There's also uh, the ramp product that Ryan mentioned. One thing with ramp is that uh, just like any of these add-on price products, they've become more expensive recently. Uh, they, they are a, uh, a great product to add on top, but they offer a lot of shallow loss coverage and shallow losses come with increased premium. And so those rates are going up as well. Um, and really a note for all of our private products, whether that's Ramp, Replant Premier, Crop Hail, or Wind, uh, none of them are subsidized. So the producer is going to bear 100% of the premium cost themselves. Uh, the government is not picking up any of that through a subsidy. And all of them work a little differently and add on some additional perils uh, that may not be covered with other policies or will be covered in a different way then other policies will cover them. So all great products all have their place and all will be bought this year. I'm confident of that. It's just different for different folks. No, excellent, Chuck. So I think as we're working our way through these, it's our opinion that we, we start with that multi-peril plan. That is, like I said, our bedrock of insurance. And then we build from there. And I think um, there's two different routes to go in building onto that coverage. We can either build onto it with our named peril products like hail and wind. We believe those are the most prevalent types of risks that we face. Or we can look at it as extending that multi-peril uh, protection even higher. And so thinking more in terms of trying to cover as many dollars as possible, say through an ECO option or a ramp option to get those dollars up as high as possible. So starting with the multi-peril and then from there we can go different directions to add layers of coverage. Now, so we've kind of gone through, I guess, uh, our, our main options when it comes to crop insurance from your crop insurance agent. However, there are other layers of protection out there that we recognize. And one of those is the ARC and PLC programs through FSA. Now, I would categorize ARC and PLC as not a primary risk management plan, but maybe a secondary uh, part of our plan. We still, multi-peril crop insurance is going to cover us from head to toe 
for the types of losses that would be catastrophic. And we can try and protect as many bushels, as many dollars as we can uh, through multiple crop insurance. ARC and PLC being more of a secondary um, type of insurance, it's free. So it has that perfect price tag. However, it does come late. We don't get paid until about a year later. And also the payments are not necessarily uh, drilled down to specific growers like crop insurances. So it's not ideal, but it is free and it is a layer of, of protection that we recognize. So uh, we're talking about it also now because we have the same sign-up deadline for ARC and PLC, which is 315, as we do for crop insurance. So ARC and PLC, it's an FSA program. It's not something that we administer, but it is something we educate ourselves on given we have a lots of uh, close tie-ins. In particular, there is a, a hard tie-in with the ARC and PLC program, which is that you can not purchase SCO coverage where you have enrolled into the ARC program. So Chuck's gonna talk about that here in a little bit, but before we get to that, I just wanna mention a couple of quick things about the ARC and PLC choice. So we have until 315 to decide that. I would say at this point, you're not gonna have a whole lot of consensus out there as to which program, uh, at least for corn and soybeans, at which program is the uh, slam dunk program to enroll your crop into. I think there's going to be different opinions this year. And the main reason for there being different opinions is because at this point, neither of them look like they're going to pay. Um, and that's because our prices have rallied. And therefore, we're looking back at those ARC and PLC prices, which are, which are fairly low because they use some historical numbers to come up with those, with those prices. So do your research. Uh, don't look in one spot, look in multiple spots for that ARC and PLC decision. Chalk, talk to me about how SCO, which is a crop insurance option, and ARC, which is an election made at FSA, talk to me about how those two play together and what are the differences between the two and similarities as well. Yeah, so SCO and ARC, they do have some similarities. The first being that they have that same area loss trigger of 86% of the expected revenue in the county. So the coverage falls from 86% down to whatever level you choose on your multi-parallel policy. Uh, so if you have a 70% policy, uh, you have 16% coverage going from 70% up to 86. So some, some similarities there. Um, one major difference between SCO and ARC, um, ARC utilizes a, an Olympic average of the last five years prices. So you throw out the high, throw out the low, take the middle three, average those together, and that's what price is going to be utilized to set the liability under the ARC program. That's great, except for in a year like 2021, where we have a, a rally in our price in the last few months, and uh, the Olympic average is probably going to throw out this high price that we have. So we're not going to be able to even utilize that price within the Olympic average. So we are looking at uh, 452 as of today with our corn. Uh, SCO will utilize whatever that base price is, that projected price is for our corn uh, to set the liability for that SCO policy. So really some great opportunity to uh, protect that higher price by purchasing an SCO policy. Another distinction there, SCO will utilize your databases on your crop insurance policy uh, to set the liability per unit. So rather than using the county-based number, we're going to utilize your actual 
uh, APHs to figure out how much liability you have. We still have the same county-based triggers to see if there are losses or not. However, the liability is going to differ depending on what your actual APHs are. And the third major distinction between the two is that SCO, if there is that county loss trigger, uh, we will pay you on your actual planted acres for 2021, whereas ARC utilizes base acres. Uh, and so if we have a different crop rotation this year, that may be advantageous for us to look at SCO, uh, specifically on some farms where we don't have much base of a specific crop. Uh, so if there's not much base there, we're not going to get paid much. But if you actually plant those acres in 2021, you will be paid on the planted acres for 2021. So some really, really nice distinctions there between the two. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how SEO can fit into that crop insurance mix for producers in 2021. That's great, Chuck. So I think what I'm hearing here is that SEO uh, and ARC are not created equally. And ARC does have that perfect price tag being free, but what we have to spend on SEO might be worth it especially in a year like 2021. And one thing that I think is a bit of a blind spot, and I'm not saying that our universities don't know what they're doing. They're very smart folks. But sometimes I think they do look at the ARC and PLC decision in a vacuum. And they don't consider that if I take ARC, I cannot purchase SCO. And there's a lot of value wrapped up in that SCO product. Yes, it costs a bit of money, but the government's subsidizing SCO at 65%. So the producer is only paying 35%. And as you mentioned, all those points, Chuck, that kind of piles up the value on SCO. And sometimes it might make some sense to go that route. Choose PLC at FSA so that I can buy the SCO product. I agree on that, Ryan. Uh, I think that two, 2021, the, the rally in our prices are uh, really kind of showing those differences between SCO and highlighting those differences between SCO and ARC. Uh, specifically in this 2021 crop insurance decision-making period. Great, great. And here's our rule of thumb, and we will readily say that we are both biased when it comes to this, but the rule of thumb is spend twice as much time on your crop insurance choices as your ARC and PLC choices. Crop insurance is there every year, and it's going to pay you on time for your own losses. ARC and PLC, it's a bit more wishy-washy. Uh, certainly, if we make the wrong choice with our PLC, we have that FOMO um, of, of fear of missing out on the, on the right program. But crop insurance is always going to be there. So spend some time on that, especially in a year like 2021, where we're able to guarantee all the more dollars. And uh, our PLC program looks like it may not pay at all on either program. Okay, Chuck, you are in the hot seat now. And we have a handful of quick questions to ask you that are also pertinent to our crop insurance decision for 21. And so I'm going to start you right off with an easy one, I think. What is QL? Yeah, QL stands for quality loss option. QL is a new option for us in 2021. And what it does is uh, it looks back at our database and says, okay, do we have any losses in that database that were from quality? And if we do, then the QL option will allow us to replace those bushels in our database with the pre-quality bushels. So rather than using post-quality bushels in our database, we can use pre-quality bushels if we have the QL option. This is a free option to add. 
So at 315, we can add this option and it costs us nothing. The only time that we will pay for it is when we see an increase in our APH by utilizing those pre-quality bushels instead of the post-quality bushels that are currently there. So we'll have until our production reporting time frame to make sure and shore up uh, what those pre-quality bushels are in, in those years where we had quality losses. Perfect. One thing to add here, Chuck, this QL uh, endorsement, quality loss endorsement is different than the quality loss program at FSA. So FSA also has a new quality loss program, which is something you can sign up for and potentially get paid on quality loss issues from certain years. This is a crop insurance endorsement that you can put on your policy to help replace those poor yields, just like Chuck mentioned. And uh, it's something that's gonna be around for a long time. So it's not just a 2021 option. It'll be there in years to come as well. Okay, next question on the hot seat. What is different with Prevent Plant in 2021? The difference for Prevent Plant in 2021 is that we have extended the one in four requirement. I'll get to that rule here in a minute uh, and, and taken that nationwide. So previously, that one in four rule requirement uh, had been uh, applicable in our prairie pothole states, that upper Midwest region of the country. Now it is applicable nationwide. So the one in four rule, what is it? We must plant, harvest, and insure the crop that we are claiming prevent plant on in one of the four most recent crop years. So that can, that can cause some issues if we haven't done that. And we cannot claim prevent plant on the acres uh, that we have not planted, harvested, and insured in one of the four most recent crop years. Oh, that's great, Chuck. Chuck talking like he's been living in North Dakota for the last 10 years where we have prevent plant every year. Doing a great job with that one in four rule. Now, I used to uh, uh, work in Minnesota where we had a little bit more prevent plant. And I just want to add in that for those that are not familiar with the one in four rule that have been outside of the prairie pothole region, there's a couple of gotchas here that we really want to uh, point out. The first one being a fairly simple one, which is if you have ground that's coming out of CRP, that ground is not going to be qualified for prevent plant because it wasn't planted, harvested, or insured in one of the last four years. The other gotcha is a little bit harder to swallow. And that other gotcha is if I rent ground from somebody that didn't have crop insurance, this one in four rule follows the ground. So although the previous tenant may have planted and harvested the crop at least once in the last four years, if they did not insure it, that is not ground that is eligible for prevent plant. So if you're picking up new ground and you're outside of the prairie pothole region, that is a good question to ask the landlord or the previous tenant as to whether that ground has been insured before. If it has not, that would be a good idea to go out, and especially in a wet year, and try and plant that ground first so that we don't have prevent plant issues with it. Now, if we do have prevent plant, what can we do with the ground chalk? We can plant a cover crop on that ground. We can plant a cover crop. And what qualifies as a cover crop? Well, Ryan, I'll flip it back to you. Instead of what qualifies, what doesn't qualify as a cover crop? Corn. Corn is not a cover crop in 2021 going forward. Now, that would seem obvious, right? It would. But here in the last few years in different parts of uh, the, the country, 
Uh, we've seen Prevent Plant Acreage have a cover crop of corn planted on it, not insured, and then turn around and we can harvest it at, at, at harvest time. Uh, and there's no implications there. Uh, RMA has closed that and said that that's no longer allowed. Corn cannot be, corn will never be deemed a cover crop in 2021 and going forward. Right. So if you have producers that remember those good years of being able to do that, that's no longer available uh, for, right. their, for their options. No, that's great. So if we do plant a cover crop though, Chuck, what can we do with it? The uh, special provisions limit what we can do with that cover crop. We really can't get any economic gain off of that ground, off that cover crop until November 1st. The last couple of years, uh, I think it was 2019, we had a bulletin came out and it moved that date up uh, to allow producers to uh, hay or bale or graze those acres uh, that the cover crop was planted on earlier in the year. That has not gone forward into the 2021 crop year, and I don't expect it to happen uh, for the 2021 crop year. So we're going to go back to that November 1st deadline there uh, for utilizing cover crops, and then we won't be able to touch those until after that November 1st deadline. Okay, perfect. Last thing here, Chuck, uh, I'm going to ask you to peer into your crystal ball. You mentioned earlier we have about 450 corn so far, about almost halfway through the middle of through February here. And 1160, what did you tell me, Chuck? 1160 what? 1165. 1165 on soybeans so far. If you're looking into your crystal ball for 2021 and looking out towards harvest time, what is our fall price going to be and how are we getting there? This is we're not holding you to this, Chuck. We're just asking for your humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for not holding me to this. But I, I will gaze into my crystal ball and, and see what we have coming up here. Uh, so really the markets, for 450 corn, uh, over 1150 beans, uh, they're telling us to plant more corn and beans. And I think producers are going to plant more corn and beans this year than what they had in previous years. Um, however, I think we're going to see some... some uh, toughness uh, show, it, show its ugly head this year, meaning we've got a drought here in the Southwest. Uh, a lot of my territory is pretty dry currently, and I think that that drought is going to continue to grow. Um, and I think that we're going to see these prices remain uh, because we're not going to be able to grow quite what we would like to uh, and capture this, these higher prices. So I'm going to see these higher prices hold on for, for another year at least to see where we're at. Uh, and, and I think that the crop seasons might be a little tougher than what we would hope for. Gotcha. Well, Chuck, if I had to answer that question, I, I get paid to be a pessimist. So if I don't, if I don't uh, have a little bit of pessimism in my statement, I don't know if I'm doing my, my job <laughs> justice. But I would say I have a utmost confidence in the American farmer to grow a ton of corn and soybeans, especially when they got 450 uh, right in their face. So I imagine that when we get to harvest time, we might see those, those prices a bit lower. Hopefully that means we got a bumper crop to go with it. And uh, hopefully our prices also haven't fallen off too much. But if they have, of course, that's why we're here talking about crop insurance and especially things like ECO and those higher levels of coverage can really help us for those shallow losses, those 10, 15, 20% losses that we are seeing just because our prices went down. And so with that, that is my crystal ball opinion in 2021. Chalk, anything to add before we sign off here? 
I think we'll just have to pull this back out at harvest time and, and see who was right. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us in this podcast. And um, yeah, good luck out there with sales season. And then again, when we get uh, in the field and planting. Thanks again. Stay safe and have a great 2021. You've been listening to FMH InsureCast, brought to you by Farmers Mutual Hail, America's crop insurance company. We appreciate you joining us today, and we'd like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share about an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.